The Dragon Reread is brought to you by the Armadillo Podcasting Club. Did you know that in the Battle of the Bulge, the Armadillo Cavalry actually played a significant role? But no one likes to talk about it now because the Nazis rode armadillos too, and it's kind of a bad look now. (laughs) (laughs) I did not know that. For more armadillo-related facts and to find out how you can access episodes a day early, check us out at patreon.com slash club. Wheel of Time turns and ages come and pass, leaving memories that become podcasts. Hello there, welcome to The Dragon Reread, where we're rereading Robert Jordan's Wheel of Time series of fantasy novels. I am Jeff Lake. I'm Alice Sullivan. And I'm Micah Sparkman. And today we're going to cover chapters 10 through 13 of Path of Daggers, book 8 of The Wheel of Time. Previously, Perrin's back and readier than a bucket of hammers in an iron fire. Or whatever, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not a blacksmith, fuck it. Uh, but he still can't catch a break with Fael. <laughs> He's over in Gildan trying to figure out what to do about the Prophet, and everyone says he should kill the Prophet, and I kind of agree with him, but he just doesn't want to do it, you know? He feels icky about it. Uh, He runs into Morghese, who's doing sort of a terrible job at traveling incognito, but somehow no one has figured it out yet, so I guess we're just going to not talk about that. Uh, They're (laughs) all hanging around, hoping to catch a chat with the the Queen of wherever they are, I, I lose track. Uh, and it's entirely possible that Fael is going to kidnap her because she's absolutely that crazy. But that's all that's going on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so chapter 10, Changes, Icon of a Wolf. After Perrin's uh, tense meeting with the Wise Ones, Gaul shows up and he has brought Elias. I know, Elias. Elias is back. That's really exciting. I, I love Elias. You know, I, I kind of wonder what he's been up to because it's been like, what, three books now? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, wait, I think it's been... Eight books. <laughs> Wait, was he in the first yeah. book? Yeah, he was in the first book, and that's when we saw him. Like, he, Perrin was hanging out with Egwene, remember? Whoa, that's right. Oh, man. Back when Egwene was like, oh, still like his sister or whatever. And Oh, man, yeah. That was book one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is, I, I wonder if Robert Jordan forgot about Elias for a little bit. <laughs> right, maybe someone wrote him a letter. What happened to Elias? And he's like, oh, oh, oh Gaul found him. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Except Gaul didn't find him because he snuck up on Gaul because Elias is a warder and warders are really cool. Yeah. And, and speaking of that, we find out that um, he's still bonded. Yeah. Right. I, yeah, I guess they didn't crazy. really get into that before. And he's just like, yeah, it's been a while. And I just sort of like, you know, you can ignore it. But, uh, but, but there's still some ice that I have there. the bond, though. Yeah, I guess it's for life on both ends. That's got to be a real weird situation. Yeah, especially, yeah, I mean, and he kind of hints at it, and Perrin doesn't really get what he's talking about. He's like, you know, we you, you live a full life, and you, you share all sensations, so you kind of know what's going on with them. And, you know, you're married now, so you kind of know what I'm talking about, right? And Perrin's like, yeah, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like she can, when you stub your toe, she knows it and stuff. <laughs> and is like, yeah, stub your toe. Right. Yeah, Yeah, sure, Perrin. It's fine. (laughs) So I just looked at the Watt Compendium app, and we haven't seen Elias since book four, The Shadow Rising. Was he actually in book four? Did they reference him? Because I remember they talked briefly about him, but was he actually there? Yeah, I forgot. I don't think he actually was. 
Because I think in book four is when we find out that he used to be a warder, I think. Because I think in book one, we didn't know he was a warder. We just knew he was a wolf guy. Mm-hmm. I think he said it in book one, but I freaking don't remember. It's been a while, yeah. That it's, was it's like been... 500 years ago. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, we were different people back then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was a different world. <laughs> yeah. Right, fresh-faced young podcasters going to change the world with our podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> then the Not world chewed us up and spit us out. Now we're all grizzled and jaded. Right. Uh, so, yeah, Elias tells Perrin there's a change coming. And he's got, like, wolf senses. So who knows what he's talking about? Maybe he means the weather or yeah. whatever. Maybe he means whatever. Because the wolves have, like, you know, whatever future memory or something because of the their connection to the dream, right? There's, like, a weird... Yeah, yeah. So maybe he's got something so he, from the wolves. Who knows? He could just mean the end of an age. In which case, yeah, duh, where you been? Yeah. Oh, yeah, you, living I, with wolves. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure the wolves know that the dragon's reborn too, though, right? I mean... Yeah, got... yeah, you mean Shadow Killer? That's right. Shadow... No, I did not remember Shadow Killer, but now I do. <laughs> Man, wolves names That's for everything are awesome so much name. cooler. Yeah. Exactly, right? I mean, I, I wonder if something's going to happen to the wolves that makes them so they can't talk to people anymore in our age. Oh, maybe, Aww. yeah, at the end. They're like, the wolf... Well, <laughs> Actually, probably what it was is the last person who could talk to wolves sent them into a battle where they got chewed up like a, in a meat grinder. And they're like, <laughs> fuck humans, we're out. Yeah, this sucks. Because <laughs> I think Perrin kind of alludes to the fact that the wolves aren't listening to him much anymore, right? Or aren't talking to him in the same way? Yeah, they're giving him the, the cold shoulder. Yeah. Uh, which he kind of deserves. I think it's funny because uh, Perrin mentioned, like, they're talking a little bit. Uh, Elias and Perrin are catching up a little bit. And he's like, dude. You married a Saldan? You know they're batshit crazy, right? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, she's fine. <laughs> yeah, no, no, she's not like that. And Elias is like, okay, all right. Uh, it gives him some marriage advice. Uh, Elias apparently has extensive experience with Saldan women. Yeah, he's he, like, he references more them. than one that he's lived with. <laughs> mm-hmm. he, he's like, but I wouldn't marry one. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, I will literally live with wolves in the wilderness, but I wouldn't stay with a Saldan woman for long. <laughs> but honestly, like Elias offering to hang out with uh, Perrin makes me pretty happy because I think Elias is is number one. He's he's pretty cool. Like he's he's kind of a fun character. Uh, he's like Perrin's like wolf side without all the angst about like having a wolf side. Um, yeah. But he also he also seems like the kind of person that Perrin needs right now, like a someone who's like solidly on his side and he doesn't have to worry about and who gives him generally pretty solid advice. It seems like. Yeah, well, yeah, what he tells him is that Fael wants him to get angry at her. <laughs> and he's like, I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, like, he's seen the way that Fael's parents interact. So, I mean, that's what she's, that's that's her deal, right? I, I mean, it makes sense. Right? That's, that's how Saldeans get down. Then uh, Berylaine returns. And Elias has some advice about that too. Elias knows everything, and uh, yeah. Perrin, he actually says something really cool here. He, he says, "More fools know Jack Fool than Jack Fool knows," which I don't know. I don't even know what that means, but it's cool. <laughs> I, 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 I like I, I I had to stop at that point and like kind of scratch my head. It's like, so is he saying that he knows a lot of people, but not a lot of people know him? Does that make him Jack Fool? Is it good to be Jack Fool? I actually have no idea. I think he's saying maybe that the other guy that he's talking about, Galen, Bear Lane's uh, general guy, is Jack Fool in the analogy. Uh, but who knows? Yeah. 
Either way, Elias and, has a surprising uh, breadth of knowledge. I guess because of his water training, maybe? I have no idea. How uh, old is Elias? He seems really old, just based on his experience. Yeah, and, and warders live a long time, don't they? I believe so, yeah. we. Do, I don't think we've heard solid numbers about it, but we know that Aes Sedai live a long time, and we know that Aes Sedai don't do well when their warders die, so presumably warders live a little longer. Yeah, and, and didn't Lan know Elias, or at least know of him? That's I how we so, found yeah. out Elias that, was a warder, I think. I would be surprised. Yeah, well, I guess, but that doesn't tell us anything, because Lan's probably 100 years old, too. Probably. Which makes his whole thing with Nynaeve really creepy. Actually, yeah, if Nynaeve's, like, in her late 20s. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> but it's different because it's Lan. He's fine, you know? It's Lan. No, he's cool. He's like, a, it's he, he follows the campsite rule, right? He's going to leave her better than he found her. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I think says it's that? one of those things, like, the Boy Scouts. Oh, that, that, <laughs> I don't think they say that about uh, spouses. Uh, but <laughs> no, that's uh, Dan Savage says that. <laughs> Dan Savage, that's right. Thank you. Oh, I love Dan Savage. Yeah. So anyway, Berylaine has brought Aleandre with her, which yeah. is a lucky thing because she was about to get stuffed in a barrel by Fahil. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Because we get confirmation on that and it's like, so uh, just uh, ixnay on the <laughs> in-napping cane <laughs> and all of her, her you know, whatever the falcon's nose or whatever they're called are like sure because we could just like you know another like she's like no it's fine she's here it's cool yeah yeah we got it <laughs> and perrin has a meeting with aleandre and it's actually pretty awesome because perrin doesn't know what to do and he doesn't know what to say and he's mostly what he spends half the meeting just wondering about whether he should shout at his wife or not i know he's just like he's like oh i'm sorry i wasn't listening to what you were saying because i was you know don't worry about it it's fine yeah, he's like, that. I see. Interesting. Yes, you are a master player of the game of houses. Oh my God. Yeah, so apparently he's uh plays the game of houses just like Rand does, which is basically just like dumb luck in like density, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, and I liked how like Berylaine basically threw Aleandra into a room with Perrin and then stood back and watched, and everybody else just stood back and watched because like anything could happen, right? He's Taverin, right? Yeah. It's like, why is everyone popping popcorn? <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, and it does because she kneels down and swears fealty to Perrin, Ibarra, uh, the blacksmith. <laughs> that was surprising. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, like, not not just to us, to everyone in the room. I think I think uh, someone is like, drops a cup of wine or something like that. It's like, whoa. But like, whoa. That's just... It's just a really cool scene, and Perrin and like Fael has to whisper the the oath words to Perrin because he doesn't know what they are. Yeah, this is this is a this is a pretty it's a pretty cool scene actually. I I, I liked it. We we also learned that the Aiel are all the way over in Gildan too. Like the Shido, I guess, has, has been scattered much farther than I realized. Yeah, they're all over the place. I think. Yeah. Uh, then Perrin leaves because. <laughs> He's like, uh, his work is done, right? <laughs> I gotta go. <laughs> He's like, I guess I'm gonna go. Didn't Fayil like ask him to leave? She's like, surely you have some other things to take care of. He's like, yeah, I guess I do. I'm gonna go do that. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. Like that. They just like bring her in the room with the tavern, see what happens, and that's what's happening now. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Yeah, and uh, it's yeah. It goes on with these all these cool parent scenes where like he's just. 
He's just being his normal self and everybody assumes so much about him. Seems like he's doing great. Just like Rand, just like walk in, do his thing, walk away, right? Yeah. And so then we cut to uh, Fail meeting with Aleandre, who's at Fail is actually doing genuine diplomacy with her. Uh, this is where Aleandre tells her that Perrin is a master of the game. He's like a, an angry <laughs> okay. look here, a pause there. <laughs> and Fail's like, yeah, he's a he's a surprising dude. <laughs> <laughs> and Fail game of houses her into joining Perrin's army so she can't welch on any of this deal. Yeah, it's, it's funny because Fael's like kind of putting the heat on her and then she she essentially says if we hadn't done this as soon as we left, she'd back out of it. But now we could keep an eye on her and it's fine, you know? It's yeah. smart. She, yeah, Fael has actually been really useful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this, is, this is my argument in favor of Fael, you know, except for the abuse. She's a, a pretty handy person to have around. Yeah, for sure. And, and, so how and, does she and, know this pledge? I, th- I think it's just the Saldean pledge that she gives him, which is probably maybe not the right one, but it works. Like cut and paste. <laughs> <laughs> right, you know? yeah. It's all boilerplate. Yeah, I mean, she mm-hmm. she's yeah. she has like royal um, upbringing, so I'm sure she knows a bunch of like, you know, template <laughs> contracts and shit. Who knows? <laughs> right, yeah. That she could fill out, just fill in the blanks. Yeah. So now Perrin is the liege lord to the queen of Gaelden. That's cool. pretty cool. Yeah. and But he's yeah. definitely not trying to rebuild Manetherin, by the way. He just happens to own two <laughs> parts that were that used to be part of Manetherin. <laughs> right. Uh, and then Perrin goes and hangs some of the prophet's marauders. I got to say that uh, the prophet's people all seem to be absolute scumbags. Like they found them like burning some people alive in their farmhouse, right? Yeah. And they're, they're ranting like crazy religious people. So here's Uh, the question. Are they bigger assholes than the white cloaks now? Oh, that's a good question. I'd say equal, honestly. Yeah. and, And the white cloaks are certainly capable of the same kinds of things. Maybe the white cloaks are fewer in numbers and like therefore lesser in uh, reach at this point, but they're both kind of evil. Hmm. Yeah, I I would say they're less. No, they're they're more assholes than the white cloaks because the white cloaks, at least up until recently, had a kind of a political wing that had goals that weren't necessarily murder and kill everybody that looks at us funny. And so they would they would exert some of their effort into things that weren't just pure evil. But these the prophet doesn't seem to do that. The prophet just seems to maraud. Honestly, though, I, I wouldn't save any of them from drowning. You know, there's a uh, two boats, <laughs> one full of white cloaks, one full of uh, the prophet's people. I just let them go both go down. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then it rains, and everybody is jaw dropped, gobsmacked. Because because they I mean like nobody knows. <laughs> 90s detective agency wasn't doing a great job communicating out so nobody knows where this is coming from right like everyone's like yeah could be could be the dark one could be the forsaken we don't know right yeah yeah that's they, they definitely need a pr wing here <laughs> i mean if only there was some way some system that they had where they could communicate instantaneously across the world <laughs> nah nah not important <laughs> it's fine so chapter 11 questions and an oath Icon of the Aeel. Uh, this is from Savannah's perspective. Uh, who sucks? Yeah, seriously. And her, 
her group of Aiel that she's with is fractious and she's losing her grip on power. They are stranded in Amadisia somewhere. And I guess they've... And she still thinks she's going to marry Rand? (laughs) I know, right? That's still the plan. Yeah, what? (laughs) It's like, dude, he is drowning in butts. (laughs) He's not going to... You don't have much leverage here. (laughs) Drowning in It doesn't matter how low your shirt is. (laughs) Yeah, that's a... That's a... (laughs) Trademark Micah... (laughs) Micahism. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, yeah, we find out about Galena. Galena has been tortured and is eventually made to swear obedience on the oath rod, uh, which they have. They have an oath rod. Uh, there's a, a power struggle between Savannah and Therava. Uh, this whole chapter just reeks of torture porn to me, and I found it very unpleasant to read. Yeah, yeah I, I, I wonder. So this, some, something has happened at the beginning of this. They they cross paths with their first Shanchen, and they're like, eh, I don't know why everyone's so worked about, about the Shanchen, because this, this is a small group that doesn't have any of their weird monsters or their, uh, you know, weaponized channelers. So they're like, yeah, it's fine, you know? Uh, but it made me wonder, like, what happens if Savannah gets her hands on an Adam? Oh, maybe that's where this is going. Yeah. It's, it mm-hmm. could be, yeah. I don't know. Uh, that is, if she can she even use one. She still to, to use it, right? Well, she, she could have latent channeling abilities, possibly, I guess, right? I think that wouldn't the wise ones have figured that out? They got a yeah. They have a, a method, point. right? Yeah, that's a good point. They they I'm sure they can test just like anyone else. So if she yeah, probably I, can't I use it, which might be a good thing. I'm ready in this story for Savannah to just be dead. I don't know where this is going. You know, she she well, she, she hasn't she changed. Irrelevant. She hasn't yeah, learned she has anything, learned. right? Yeah, like her plan is still marry Rand even after he just like killed a bunch of people with his army of murder wizards. And like she got betrayed by the black Aja slash red Aja or whatever. And now she doesn't have an army and like nobody is on board with her plan anymore. And she doesn't believe a lot of the Intel she gets either. Also true. Yeah. Yeah. She, cause people are giving her good information about the Sean Chen. She's like, ah, eh, it's probably fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like she's a bad leader. She has led them into a slaughter literally. And, and, and also, she's an asshole. I don't get yeah. it. It's interesting yeah. because she her her only claim to authority is through the essentially like the deeply entrenched Aiel customs of like leadership and structure. And, and the thing is, is she the Shido in particular? She's picked apart all of the Aiel customs and structures. So I wonder yeah. if, in a way, she's weakened her own position because she's like, we're casting out all the rules. Uh, but not the ones that make me uh, make me the boss, right, guys? Yeah, yeah. And they're like, eh, I don't know about that. She mm-hmm. she has no inherent value as a leader at this point, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What has she got that Therava doesn't got? Nothing that I can think of. She's not, she's not like strategically savvy. She doesn't have any like channeling power. She doesn't she doesn't have any. She's not even like particularly clever. the The only thing she has is raw ambition, and so far that's just like had had her drive her people into the ground, right? Yeah. Anyway, that's me complaining about Savannah. <laughs> no, me too. She sucks. Goodbye, Savannah. Yeah. Get her out. Mm-hmm. Hopefully someone, you know, sets her on fire. There was one other thing. So um, we have Therava uh, emerging as a leader, right? And yeah. mm-hmm. uh, Galena seems to have, like, some inherent fear of her, which made me wonder, do you think Therava is also Black Aja? Uh, well, she wouldn't be an Aja, right? But... Wait, Therava is... Oh, she's... 
You're right, right. So so is she a dark friend Chandler, possibly? I don't I think I my impression was that Galena is just really scared of her because she's super duper scary. Okay. So she's not necessarily like she Therava's just doing some like I'm an evil wizard kinds of things. So I wasn't sure if she was possibly also a Whatever the ideal version of Black Aja is. She might be. Who knows? Like, I'm sure the Shido have lots of dark friends. Yeah. And and the and Therava is, I think they said, like, one of their most powerful channelers, right? Yeah. And, and she, I don't know, maybe she's one of those channelers that doesn't see non-channelers as real people. And she's got, a, like, a, a cruel streak. Yeah, it could be. Could be. Yeah, it's funny because Galena talks about how she's known true evil and blah, 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 blah. She's been Black Aja for 100 years or whatever. But Therava scares her more than a bunch of other people do. Yeah, in mm. fact, she's... I think Therava is the the only one that she's actually... Of all of those people, she's the only one that uh, Galena's actually afraid of. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, Therava now has control of her, which is interesting. Yeah, so, so I guess they've got their own little oath rod or whatever, like the... White Tower has. Yeah, Samael gave it to them. Yeah. Which, I mean, I guess it only works on, he said it only works on women channelers, right? Yeah, but who knows? Yeah, that could be a lie, I suppose. So, uh, chapter 12, New Alliances. And at this point, I want to complain about how many scheming villain chapters there have been in this book. So <laughs> I was going to say, that this, like every chapter up until now, we've we've had... Uh, a bad guy, except for the parent chapters. It's kind of a weird, a weird lineup, right? Yeah. I, I, there were like two back-to-back Moradin uh, snippets right at the beginning. Uh, and like, you know, I would like to see some of these schemes come to fruition because we haven't, did we ever find out what the, the four snaking uh, scheme was? Like the, the Demandred and Grendel and stuff. Did that, any of that ever happen? I have no idea. We don't even know what Samael mm-hmm. was doing and he's dead ish. <laughs> he's probably dead yeah. he died off screen it's fine he's definitely <laughs> <Yeah>. dead <laughs> I mean I was anyway, excited so, to hear from Grendel don't get me wrong yeah it's just like if there was like a one to like one in ten villain scheming chapters in this ratio in this book I would be a lot happier so yeah like you said it, it's Grendel uh, and Grendel is sitting there plotting at something that we don't find out what it is and she gets a visit from Mogedian and some new character Sindane who certainly who seems like is, a right? forsaken. Yeah, Grendel yeah. doesn't know who it is, but it, they're very powerful in the the power, and they don't get scared by forsaken. So, this is probably another like forsaken remaster, right? Right. So, mm-hmm. so <laughs> okay. So, Mogedian is secretly working for Moradin, right? And uh, Sindane is uh, probably a forsaken. But with a new name, which, by the way, I have a gripe about that. He's introduced so many new characters. It's hard enough learning all of the characters that only have one name. Having characters that are old characters having new names is just making me crazy. Uh Uh-huh. But yeah, uh, layers upon layers of schemes. So they show up to bring Grendel onto the team to work for Moradin. Uh, She tells him basically to get fucked. uh, But then Shidar Haran... Uh, shows up and he's super scary yeah. and because he's tall he's yeah, taller than any Miradral <laughs> and he laughs Miradral never laugh yeah probably because their like laughs the... always sounds like dead leaves falling on a corpse or something and they're really embarrassed 
<laughs> you know, like half the point of a laugh is if it's contagious and other people start laughing, but a, a mirror laugh is not contagious. <laughs> yeah. A mirror draw starts laughing and everyone just like, it kills the mood immediately. It's real bummer. Like, it feels so, a little bit like the dark one is getting annoyed with his squirrely minions, you know, like it's, it's weird because the dark one's whole thing is like, go forth and cause chaos and do your own thing and also fight amongst each other and stuff like that. But I feel like he's yeah. getting a little fed up with it. Yeah, I think, well, maybe just the time for that has passed. Maybe he's super happy with it or something. I don't know. It doesn't make yeah. sense. Hmm. He's a dark one. He's like a being of chaos, right? Like, it, we, we, we don't really know what Moradin's plan is. Uh, that is a good that point. he seems to be bros with the dark one. So he, we think he's working for the dark one, but who knows? And uh, I, I liked how Mogedian put out the candles so that Shaidar Haram could teleport his way in doing that shadow thing that Faze do. Oh, I did not catch that. I didn't realize that's Which is what it kind was. of a neat touch. Yeah. Yeah. And uh and yeah, so he says, More you're you're working for Moradin now, and Grendel's like, Yep, sure I am. <laughs> you can trust Sounds me. Sounds good to me. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh then we cut to Cad Swain. Uh and I will also count this as a villain chapter because I have come to the firm conclusion that Cad Swain is evil and needs to be destroyed immediately. I don't. I don't oh, know. Yeah? Katzwein is evil per se, but she's certainly not. Uh, she hasn't isn't working on the right side right now. Um, I don't know what she's up to, but I trust her about as much as I trust the White Tower. I don't. I mean, I don't know. She's she's in Kyrian heading up to Sun Palace, but she's got she's clearly got her own schemes that don't seem to align at all with what we're trying to do here. Yeah, I, I think what where where this is going is that. They're trying to like improve Rand in some way, mm-hmm. uh, like yeah. to, to teach him compassion or or something. Yeah, it's not. But, I mean, it, which is not necessarily a bad idea, right? Like, like Rand is. It, but well, see, okay, the, but scheming scheming against him is not the way to teach Rand compassion. Like, yeah, that, you're right. That is a hot button issue with Rand. <laughs> Yeah, I would say that their 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 intentions are actually probably pretty good, but their methods are like clearly uh, ineffective and just uh, outright like uh, evil. I mean, like they're bad. Yeah, yeah, they they could just you know be his friend. They could just yep. help him. They could be reliable. They could be a resource for him. But they don't do any of that stuff. Yeah, th- this is uh this is in fact this 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 whole interaction between Katsuni and Sorle. Uh, is very concerning to me because those are two very formidable people who should be on Rand's side if 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 they were if they knew what was good for them essentially right yeah and and surely Sorley is not a a dark friend but she's also not she also doesn't care about winning the last battle or whatever she cares about uh, getting Rand to hook up with Avienda that seems to be the the plan yeah still again people who can't learn right yeah. Uh, anyway, Cat Swain goes to the Sun Palace. Uh, the Rand's Aes Sedai are not on her side, which is good to know. Um, yep. Although they seem to be completely intimidated by Cat Swain. Um, and Cat Swain meets with Alana, who she's using to keep track of what's up with Rand because Alana has the water bond. So right. that's mm-hmm. a big problem. Mm-hmm. A little little sidebar here. Uh, I love Cat Swain's little spy kit. She's got like a sewing yeah. basket and she's like, oh, yes, it's got, uh, you know, like my my knitting in it and it has all these extra pockets for extra shit. And she's like setting up little like spy mirrors so she can see what's <laughs> happening behind her and stuff. 
It's like I thought that was yeah. actually kind of cool. Yeah, I think that she, like Nynaeve, this is a person that would punch you in the face if necessary. Absolutely. Like this, this person <laughs> doesn't rely too much on their power or prestige. Mm-mm. And during this meeting, we get a couple of interesting hints. One is when Alana embraces Sidar, one of Catswain's ornaments that she wears in her hair is cool on her forehead. Like she what specifically think thinks. Remember, that's what Matt's talisman does when people channel around it. Yeah. It turns cool, which I don't think it makes her because Catswain channels like right after that. So it doesn't make her, you know, the, the, the power not work on her or something. Right. Yeah. But it's something related to the power. Like maybe it just tells her when someone's channeling. Yeah, it, she, she, I think she talked at the beginning about the fact that she's wearing a whole bunch of hair ornaments. So I wonder how many of them are magic. Yeah, she talks about how she's, she's never lost one. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, so yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. When she, uh, when Sorley is coming to meet her, as, as Alana says, Katswain thinks that she, that Sorley might be as old as she is, and she never expected to meet someone as old as her. Yeah, and we still don't know how old she is, except that she's. A, a few hundred years old at least right like i think we yeah she's legendary 300 yeah but that's that's interesting because she's an Aes Sedai, right uh-huh. why would she expect to be the longest live Aes Sedai of all that's a good question yeah this is really interesting and, that it's all come up at the same time as the kin as well just in the past last book yeah who are extremely old mm-hmm. and i guess yeah. Catswain doesn't know about them True, that's whatever. true. I'm sure she 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 has to, right? Like she's been around, yeah. she knows everything, right? Right, yeah. So so maybe she's even older than all the kin. Mhm. Right? Yeah. Anyway, yeah, so Catswain as we uh, alluded to, teams up with Sorley to fuck with Rand. Yeah, and and then Sorley teaches Catswain how to do how to travel, which that is Real bad yeah. news, right? Like that's yeah, that's, that's like that's, something that they're keeping locked down, you know? Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I would lay even odds the cat Swain is a dark friend. And this seems to me like, like uh, treason, essentially, to me. Right, absolutely, right. But Sorley doesn't think about that because, because the wise ones are crap allies who have no loyalty. They yeah. loyalty mm-hmm. only to themselves. Unfortunately, anyway. yeah. The, this 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 seems like really bad news. This this alliance between Katswain and uh, Sorle is very again kind of concerning to me. So, chapter thirteen, floating like snow, icon of the dragon. Rand, finally, is just for the record. We are halfway through the book, and this is our first Rand chapter, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm okay like, with that. Yeah, it's just kind of weird. It's like Jordan's playing fast and loose with narrative structure or something. He's like, yeah, our main character that we don't see for half the book. Yeah, I mean, I agree with Alice. I think he's definitely the least interesting of the three main bros. Yeah, I would agree with that. If you were to include characters outside the three main bros, then he's, he's well down the list. Yeah, he's probably not in the top 10 of all the characters in the book, right? Mm hmm. But he's there uh, on a stormy day. He's out with a bunch of Ilianer lords and Terran lords, and they're rounding up a band of Samael's old army. Yeah, like uh, Samael didn't know that he was Samael. Basically, left a big steaming pile of garbage scattered all over Ilian or something, right? Yeah, I I wonder why Rand has to do this. Can can he just appoint some, I don't know, viceroy? I, I 
Rand likes to handle things himself, I think, because uh, given his Tavareniness, it it's just easier that way. But it, it does seem yeah, like a waste a of point. his time. Yeah. Uh, and there's a bunch of lords and lady types around who are all you know, like trying to court with him, I guess. Uh, Luz Theron Telamon is gone. I know. How weird is that? Yeah, does that make Rand more crazy or less crazy? Uh, I mean, he's less? still trying to he's still trying to talk to him, right? Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the 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 mad wizard in my head is gone, but I still like to talk to him. It makes me feel comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, guys. The, I'm not talking to anybody this time. Now that when I'm talking to myself, there's nobody there this time, so we're cool now. <laughs> yeah, there's a point where he's like staring off into space, and a bunch of people are looking at him, and, he's, and they're like. He's like, no, no, I'm not crazy yet. They're like, okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, super reassuring. Thanks, bro. Yeah, but but yeah, it was, it, it's it's funny because Rand's approach to the situation is essentially what Rand always does. He just rides up to them and sees what happens. Yeah, right. And everybody's and all these lords are like, you know, you should be careful because they could shoot you with an arrow. And he's like, meh, maybe. <laughs> I mean, they could try it. <laughs> Last time yeah. someone threw a whole bunch of spears at me, they all bounced off of each other and landed in a circle around me. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> that did happen. And so also we, we notice here that Dashiva speaks the old tongue because Dashiva's hanging out with him. Uh, yeah. That guy's a Yeah. That is definitely He's like a scholar right? or something. And he speaks the, fluid, the old tongue fluidly. Forsaken as heck. No, no. He's yes. a farmer. He says, oh, he's a farmer. But he speaks the, the old tongue like a scholar. Huh. How strange. You know? Like, come on. <laughs> come on. This guy's definitely a Forsaken. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. This is the guy that Probably ran, not like... Samuel. Yeah. Well, I mean, I wouldn't assume so. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't Rand randomly choose him, though? Yes, I think yes. he did. This is That's what I was going to say. This is the guy where he, like, turned and he's like, that guy. And he's, like, pointing at Deshiva or something. Right, and then he's like standing was like, there, like talking to himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Mazertain was like, "That guy? No, no, no! You don't want that guy." And then Rand said, "No, no, no! I want that guy." So that could be Taveran stuff, right? He's got it. I, I think he's a Forsaken, right? I think the other guy's probably not a Forsaken. The other either Ashima. he's a Forsaken or he's got some of what Rand's got, where he's like magically connected to some past version of himself who speaks the old. Time. Oh yeah, he could just be like. From Manetherin or something. <laughs> yeah, he could be like a, a reincarnation of... Wait, maybe this is a reincarnation of that other guy. What was his name? Oh, Guy Gaidal that, Kane? Uh, yeah, maybe he's Guidal Kane. Oh, man, that would be really awkward. <laughs> I know. No, Ulfur is Guidal Kane. <laughs> oh, That's I mean, right. probably. Well, was. Now he's dead. That's right. Ulfur died yeah, in, uh, well. in Ebudar along with Matt, I assume. Uh, yeah, along with Flat Matt. Yeah. <laughs> Flat Matt. <laughs> My, our favorite character. <laughs> yeah, and I think this is tied into what Cat Swain and Sorley were talking about. Uh, Rand is trying to be like a super hard guy. He's like, I got to be super hard. I can't be nice to anybody ever. Uh, and they, I guess that's a problem, like an emotional I mean, problem it, that they want to solve for him. It kind of is a problem, right? Like, like he's got a, a very single-minded uh, goal, which is good. Like, he needs to. But like he's also he also has to be somebody that everybody will follow into the final battle, which means he can't necessarily be like a total shithead, right? Right. Yeah, I, I kind of think he's. It makes sense because he's a farm boy, right? But he's missing the point that he needs to build like an organizational structure here, right? He he actually shouldn't be rounding up bandits or semi bandits in Ilion. 
he should have people to do that for him because that's not the best use of the Dragon Reborn's time. That is a good point. I mean, like at this point, he has a few generals who could probably who probably are familiar with the like the, the advantages of delegation, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, he also spends a lot of time thinking about dead women for a person who is ostensibly not crazy. <laughs> that's true. He has a list and he uh, apparently likes to recite that list to himself when he's like having quiet moments. Yeah, and, and Luz Theron has put names on that list. <laughs> Thanks, Luz Theron. <laughs> yeah, Thanks, sure. Luz Theron. Theron did it. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> and uh, yeah, anyway, Rand has had an Ashaman scout, uh, the Shanshan, so he knows about them, which is, this is smart, right? Using Ashaman who can travel to go scout the Shanshan out. Yeah, they're actually kind of perfect scouts, right? Because they're... They're very individually capable. Uh, they have a bunch of like survival skills because of the way that uh, Mazram Tame trained them. Like they're, yeah, they're, they're actually really good scouts. Yeah, they're kind of one man. And the Shanshan don't know anything that men can travel. I mean, that men that Sedan is back, right? That's right. They don't know about the the Ashaman. Uh, they don't. Yeah. I think they probably know about the Dragon Reborn, but they probably don't believe it or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, so it's, this and is that's just like, you know, one dude rather than a whole like group of people. Right. Yeah, so this is a genuine advantage that Rand has over the Shanchen, which makes me kind of think like he should attack them right now, but he doesn't. Yeah, that's a good point. Like right now, he's at possibly the peak of his strength. We don't know. Like he's got a good sized force. He's he's secured several cities. If he sweeps in with his Ashman and his Aiel, he stands a pretty solid chance of crushing the Shanchen unexpectedly because they don't know how to travel, right? Yeah, exactly. Like they could do the the teleport into their city thing that he did against Samael. Uh and Rand could also use one of the many world destroying Sa Angreal that he has and, and chooses not to use. That's right. There's still that sword and tear that he's just like, eh, I, you know, I feel weird about it. It's fine. Yeah, it's just like it's a crystal sword. It doesn't really fit my look, you know? Oh my I'm god. More I'm more of like a, a red jacket right? kind of guy. Yeah. The fire sword it matches my hair. <laughs> <laughs> And the, and the giant statue. Don't forget about the giant statue with the remote control. Yeah, I guess he, he, he fought he, with Osmodian for. He does know how to use it, right? Like, he's he's got his little... I guess wherever he's traveling, he hides them, right? He, I think he, every, he periodically checks and he's like, oh, yep, they're still behind this brick or whatever, you know? Yeah. So he's anyway, still so he rides, he rides down to meet the group of soldiers... Uh, and there's this really cool soldier guy that comes out and sasses him. Oh, who's this? A, uh, it's just like a nameless soldier guy. He doesn't even give him give his name. Who's like, oh, yeah, right. what would work for you? Like, we we work for the real king of Ilion. And, and Rand's like, oh, come on, guys. <laughs> you mean the Forsaken? Because like that's who that was. Yeah. Uh, but he, yeah, I, I thought it was kind of cool how the guy gives him like this soldier gruffness. Yeah. And uh, Rand gives the guy an ultimatum, like you got till noon before we come in and kill you all. Because he's like, he's like, I don't have time to deal with this shit. Because he doesn't. He really doesn't. He should not be dealing with this shit. Yeah. Why? Why are you here doing this? Anyway, uh, and then he heads off, and he's channeling a lot. Yeah, that can't be good. Good, right? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. So uh, during this interaction, we learn that the Shido and the Dragon Sworn are. Also raiding here. They're they're the Dragon Sworn are the Prophet's people, right? Yeah, and or the White Cloak Rabble Rousers. Right. So basically like 
the show between the Shido and the Dragon Sword, they're kind of fucking up his rep, right? Like he's got to be tired about hearing about these guys. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. So this this chaos plan that Samael did totally worked. Yes, so Samael may not have been very successful with just about anything except this. Like it was like his his side project of just tossing the Shido off into the off into the the weeds was seems like his most effective plan so far. Yeah. That's it for this episode. Next time, we're going to cover chapters 14 through 17 of Path of Daggers. I am Jeff Lake. That's at Jeff underscore Lake on Twitter. I'm Alice Sullivan. That's at Alice M. Sullivan on Twitter. I'm Mike Sparkman. I don't have one of those. If you have any comments, questions, or feedback, please drop us a line at hello at thedragonreread.com. We love hearing from you. (laughs) Please share us with anybody you think will like us. Please give us good reviews wherever you got this. Please check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash armadillo podcasting club. Please like us in real life. We're just so likable. Until next time. The the light light illuminates you. you.